On this episode of the Popcorn Diet, we're getting into the thick of award season, taking stock at what has happened already, what is coming up, and adjusting our Oscar nominee predictions to help you prepare for your Oscar pool. Get your popcorn ready. Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other delicious movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, how you doing today? It's it's a wonderful evening here in uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. It is. And it, there's no movies to see this week. They're all really bad. They're not good. Although, there's... although you got to see Scream, so ah, got that I mean, going for us. I yeah, I uh, I could clear out for five minutes on Scream. Suffice it to say, it's really great. Really bloody, I it. hear. It's super bloody. Like I love. So we didn't have this on the outline, but screw it just as we got done talking about how this is going to be a short episode. Uh, so I never really associated the Scream franchise with like gory, right? Mm-hmm. Like violent, sure. You know, obviously Drew Barrymore's death in the first one, there's some intestines that are, are falling out. But the fourth mm-hmm. one had some some pretty good gore in it. But for the most part, like stabby stab, oh, I'm going to stab you in the back. I'm going to stab you in the in the in the front and you know there's gonna be some blood when you're lying there dead you know i think each movie has maybe one like blood and guts kill you know i think um like i said drew barrymore in the first one one of the random cops in the second one gets like a pull through his head which is awesome third one uh, it's not really anything in the third one a guy gets blown up that's pretty great uh and then the fourth one um i think the character's name is olivia they find her all gutted with her guts hanging out and all that kind of stuff. But other than that, like, again, like, you know, stabby, stabby. This one, though, man, boy, howdy. There are there is a lot of violence and Ghostface is like without getting in, into any spoilers. What I loved about this one, there's a lot to love about this one. I love the way that it takes on toxic fandom. I love how like meta on meta on meta it is. But like this one, you could tell there is a new person behind Ghostface because some of the kills are really quick. And some of them, it's like there's some prison shanking going on. Some stab, 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 like real, like, oh, my God. And then some of them are are incredibly violent. Uh, Mm. There is a lot of violence and a lot of blood and guts. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really clever. Uh, and it made a decent amount of money, made like $35 million over Martin Luther King weekend. Um, but yeah, man, I really enjoyed Scream. If you enjoy which, all of the other ones, you should like this one. Which uh, which franchise that came back from the dead took a more meta approach, Matrix or Scream? Well, Matrix, I vote Matrix because Matrix <laughs> was, was, again, go back and Literally listen to Literally talking our- about itself. Go go back and talk about go back and listen to our episode on the Matrix again. I will respect the Matrix Resurrections for being a movie that exists and it hates its own existence. That's incredible to me that you can't beat that. 
Scream gets real close to some things. Like it literally makes fun of the fact that it's just named Scream again. There are some just really interesting things in there. Um, but yeah, man, it's a good time. It's a good time. If you like the Scream movies, it's really funny. It's really bloody. Uh, it's got a good mystery. The the everything about it is just really enjoyable. The guys at Radio Silence who did uh, Ready or Not, which I think is I, you saw Ready or Not, right? Yep. Both really enjoyed that one. Same vibe, you know, funny, very unique, has a very unique attitude, but also incredibly violent. So, yeah, really enjoyed Scream. Um, sadly, uh, I don't believe Scream will be nominated for any any awards. I was going to ask any uh, any nominations coming its way. Maybe some Saturn Awards, you know, okay. maybe some some Fangoria, you know, awards, okay. but no um, Razzies. It'll avoid the Razzies. Oh, it should absolutely avoid the Razzies. Like it's it's was well reviewed, uh, was well received, made a good amount of money. All the performances are good from all the new cast and the returning. Like, yeah, there's there should be no reason so to give this movie Razzies. Uh, it's somewhere in between the Razzies and the Oscars is what you're telling me. Yeah, somewhere between the awards that are recognizing the worst movies ever <laughs> and the awards that are recognizing the best movies ever. You're absolutely right, David. It is somewhere in between those two. All right. All right. I like it. <laughs> but yes, I really did enjoy that. If you have the opportunity to go see Scream and go see it safely in a movie theater, please take the opportunity to do so. Uh, I I give it a quick perfect popcorn for what it is. Oh, you know, oh. Uh, I, I give it right there. I'll say, not all perfect popcorns are created equal. You know, perfect popcorn for Spider Man No Way Home is different than the perfect popcorn for Scream. But like I said, if you like scary movies, if you like scary movies, I don't have the voice thing, but you you'll get a kick out of this one. And if you like the Scream movies, you should get a get a kick out of this one too. Um, I like it. I got to talk. We, we're not going to talk spoilers, but. It's it's super. It's just I, I don't know. How can I say this without a spoiler? There is a moment earmuffs. in the, there's earmuffs for like 60 seconds. If you don't want to hear a scream <laughs> spoiler, there's a moment in the film where somebody is watching a YouTube review of the newest stab movie. OK, and they're like, stab is garbage. Like, oh, this is woke trash and. And all that. And that it's just an, they really take a hatchet or a, a hunting knife to the behavior of toxic fandom mm. and the uh, entitlement of them. And there is already I've already seen a YouTube review that is scream. No, no ironic, no irony whatsoever. Scream five is woke trash. And it's like, man, you miss the assignment. You play yourself. I love it. I love uh, it. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, wish I could talk to more people about it, um, but totally understand with the way things are going right now, not wanting to go into the movie theaters. But for me, I'm vaxxed. I'm boosted. I wore my my what is it? KN95 mask. And uh, hot damn, was it nice to see ghost ghost face on the big screen? Uh, you know, one thing let's let's use that as a segue very quickly, right. very, very quickly to talk about what wasn't seen on a screen most recently, and that would be the Golden Globe Awards. You and I briefly talked about this. I, you know, this is not going to come as a shock to you. I do not want to spend too much time talking about the Golden Globes. I mm. think if the best thing you can say about your organization is that uh, you were 
pretty racist and elitist and really had some real underhanded gross like practices as an organization but you threw a good party to me eh, we could be done with you um but i know that was always part of the fun of the golden globe so i wanted to get your take really quickly on the golden globes on the winners uh you know we had a couple of strong showings from and you know the golden globes never really mattered you know but like power the dog won best drama West Side Story won Best Musical or Comedy. Nicole Kidman won for Best Actress Drama. Will Smith won for Best Actor Drama. Kind of the usual suspects. Rachel Zegler won for Best Actress Musical or Comedy. Andrew Garfield won for Best Actor Musical or Comedy. Supporting Actress went to Ariana DeBose. Supporting Actor went to Cody Smith-McPhee. Kind of what we're expecting right now. Um, yeah. What what if you had to give a uh, in memoriam to the Golden Globes very briefly, what would you say to them? What would you say while standing over the Hollywood Foreign Press Association's grave? We will miss the drunk acceptance speeches. And Rick will never forgive you for not giving Affleck the nomination for Argo. Did they? Oh, oh did they? Well, that's a really good question. Did they give not give Affleck the nomination for Gar? I can't remember either. They didn't give him the nomination, or he didn't win. I can't remember. I can tell you right now. No, we'll we'll we'll. I can't believe I'm about to defend the Golden Globe Awards. (laughs) They did give Affleck the. Not only did they nominate him, but if I'm not mistaken, I feel like there was something about that year. With did he win, and then he lost the. He lost the Oscars. Right? Yeah, the he Oscars the didn't didn't even nominate him. That's right. Sorry, I had and it backwards. That's okay. That's okay. And the Oscars are still around, so I can still hold them to that. So bastards. I'll change it to Rick will at least love you for giving Affleck the Golden Globe for director for Argo. There you go. There you go. That will I will say that giving, giving the respect to his boy that he always felt he deserved. Then again, they did also give Best Musical or Comedy to Les Miserables that year, which is a travesty. Regardless, I mean it's a musical. It is a musical. Hey, hey whoa! <laughs> they got they got that right. They've that is definitely more of a musical than The Martian was a comedy. <laughs> um, but their definition of a comedy was if I laughed in the movie, it's comedy. It's true, and there was some um, laugh out loud moments in Martian. There was there's there's some very funny moments in Martian. Regardless, the Golden Globes happened and the thing that they did is they tweeted their awards and they couldn't even do that right. I don't have the tweet in front of me, but many people were making fun of them and the poor son of a bitch that was given the responsibility of being their social media manager for the night because one of their tweets was like they say laughter is the best medicine. And so it should come as no surprise that West Side Story wins the Golden Globe for best Mm -hmm. musical or comedy. Lest we forget, West Side Story is a movie about teenagers killing each other. So. So is Scream. Well, yeah. And you wouldn't see that nominated for best musical or comedy. So uh, (laughs) it's it's just it's just let it be done. Let it be dead. Let us just have the Critics' Choice Awards, which are postponed right now, unfortunately, I believe. Um, and and let that be the end of it. 
So RIP Golden Globes. That's that's all you're going to get out Appro- of us. Appropriately raise a glass to the, the Golden Globes. Raise a glass and pour one out for the Golden Globes. I hope they never return. They probably will try, but who knows? So with we'll get, all that get picked up by TBS. <laughs> one of the networks will, man. I don't know. It's there'll be streaming on Peacock next year. I, that actually, you know what? I don't even have this written in the outline as well, but that's actually an idea that I had that I, I don't think is a Rick original. Certainly it's not a Rick original. David just came up with one, but you want to know how to keep the Oscars alive. You sign a streaming deal with a streamer and have it stream live. Like what are we doing guys? Nobody watches broadcast television anymore. I don't know what to tell you, Uh, but like you tell me right now that, that, uh, you can watch the Academy Awards live on Hulu and you wouldn't do that. Like, I, I think that would work, but I don't know. Regardless. And they're normally on ABC, aren't they? Uh, NBC. NBC. So Peacock. Peacock. Yeah. Well, but NBC dropped them. So. Yeah. Oh, oh I mean, Oscars are normally on. Uh... Oh, yeah. Oscars are on ABC. Yeah. So. Yeah. They so put them on any of their Hulu put them on Hulu Disney owns them I don't know what the deals are I don't know what the broadcast deals are but like it is what it is and and we'll be getting and they're going to be on March 27th Sunday March 27th is the Oscar ceremony and at the current race that we're going and the current state of movies that we've been at for the last two years I honestly don't know if 10 million people will watch like I don't know but it's not my job to worry existentially about the Oscars this give, episode. Give Spider-Man a nomination and you'll get you'll get at least a million more. Don't get me started, David. I don't know why you would say that. We're just going to we said we were going to do a short episode and now you're going to trigger me into ranting and raving about how literally all of the front runners are basically just different versions of a drama. Again, uh, it's it's more complicated than that, obviously. That's not a true statement this year, but. That being said, what happened in uh, what happened in the SAG Awards? I didn't read it yet. Well, the SAG Awards. So the SAG nominees were just announced um, and there were a couple of interesting uh, developments. Um, Number one, I think I don't want to say that this is like the most um, like the most interesting development. But Kristen Stewart, who is like by far the front runner in terms of uh, 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 critics awards was snubbed. No best actress nominee for Kristen Stewart. Really interesting. The thing about the SAG awards is, and this is important for anybody who's looking again, this is an uh, popcorn diet Oscar pool tip here. The important thing to pay attention to the SAG Awards is that the SAG Awards are done by the Screen Actors Guild. They are the actors, and many of them cross over with the Academy. Many members of SAG, not all, uh, but many of the voting party of SAG are, are Academy nominees. And most of the Academy, the majority of people uh, in the Academy is uh, compi- comprised of actors. So well, they are and, the and largest. Because, well, because typically people for the individual awards, like best actor, best actress, 
the main group of voters for that category are people that are actors, actresses, etc. And like right. the director's award is mainly composed of directors, if I remember right, right? Exa- yeah, exactly. Academy. And and the way that the voting works is all like exactly as you said, all of the actors nominate the four acting categories, all of the directors nominate the directing category. Um, and same vice versa, writers nominate writers, costume designers nominate costume designers. And then once the nominees are released, everybody votes on everything. Yep. So SAG could be a good indicator of what the voting body, you know, tr- is trending towards. Um, and no love for, uh, <laughs> no love for, for case do, unfortunately. <laughs> It would be interesting to see, and obviously you'll never know this because they don't reveal the actual receipts for any of the voting, but it would be interesting to know how many nominees over the years have barely made it into the nominations, but then won the category because, you know, I could see that being something like with Kristen Stewart, where like, it seems like the overall general public believes that she's the front runner and potentially deserves for less you know for a less more specific answer deserves the 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 oscar for it based off of what you're seeing or at least is the the person with the momentum but then you get the peers that don't nominate her for the screen actors guild but it's like one of those things where it's like i feel like we're in a situation where it's like if she gets nominated for the Oscar, there's a good chance she wins. I don't feel like you're normally saying if they get nominated, they'll win. Usually it's like, oh, they're a shoe in. They're the front runner to win. But it seems like maybe the, the bigger question is whether she'll get the nomination after the screen actors nominees came out. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. So that's one um, one kind of big thing that came out. Uh, the other is couple of interesting uh what's the word i'm looking for ensemble nominees some of the normal ones belfast everybody expected belfast to be there king richard pretty standard there but coda getting one is pretty big you know coda getting a lot of uh a lot of i don't want to say momentum but it is it is standing strong and we mentioned it last episode, last Oscars episode. That was the Sundance Darlene. That Sundance momentum is seemingly carried forward all the way through here. Don't Look Up got an ensemble nomination. And maybe most importantly, the freaking Father, Son, and House of Gucci got a hey. nomination for Best Ensemble. And Leto pulled in another nomination for Best Supporting Actor. So there's some genuine speed being built up by uh, by the the house of Gucci right now. I think Gaga got one as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. she did. So that's pretty big. And then the last one that I'll say, and this is this one's from me. All right, we've we've already we've already talked about this previously. My guy, Ben Affleck, SAG Award nominee, Best Supporting Actor in the Tender Bar. It's possible. It's I, possible. I feel like you had a, a good high and then a low, though, because didn't uh, didn't your boy Stevie Spielberg get uh, 
kind of disrespected in the SAG Awards. Yeah. So, and again, can you disrespect the director in an acting guild? Mm-mm, I don't know. But yes, only one nomination for West Side Story for Ariana DeBose for playing Anita in West Side Story. Nobody well, else. Well, and the Noah Ensemble nomination is interesting because the first time we did this, there was a lot of, especially in your list, West Side Story people showing up in the presumed nominations for all four acting categories. And if you're in that situation, you kind of feel like you're a shoe in for an ensemble nomination. But interesting that they only got one, one, one nomination out of the SAGs. Yeah, it is really interesting. Um, we'll see what happens, you know. But the SAG Awards came out and or not the awards, but the nominations came out. What's on the award season calendar? Let's just do a quick breakdown. I got it listed out here the next couple of months. We've already had the Screen Actors Guild nominees announced. That happened on January 12th. January 27th, one week is a big day, David. And we are going to get a much clearer look at where things are trending on January 27th, because on January 27th, the Producers Guild nominees are announced. The PGA uh, famously ties closely and hues closely to the Best Picture nominees for the Oscars. The Directors Guild nominations will be announced. The Writers Guild nominations will be announced. And that is the day Oscar voting opens. January 27th, mark it on your calendars. That's going to be a big day uh, in about one week just to it's going to really clear up a lot of stuff, because right now we've only been dealing with Critics Choice Awards. That's really been the big barometer of what to judge on right now. Uh, And that's not really a really fair barometer on what the Academy will do. The Academy is going to do weird crap that they always do. So it'll be interesting. We'll see what happens. When Uh, does uh, when when are BAFTAs? BAFTAs are right after that on February 3rd. So BAFTAs are the British Academy Awards, basically, and their nominees will be announced February 3rd. Not always an even crossover there either, although there is some crossover, but they definitely skew more towards British film. Now, there are a lot of popular British films out this year. Uh, One of the biggest ones, Belfast, uh, is probably going to clean the hell up at the BAFTAs. Um, I don't know that, like, I don't like the power of the dog is not British. Dune isn't British. No, no time to die. No time to hey, It could happen. No time to die could happen for the BAFTAs, but I'm not I'm not going to hold my breath there. February 8th. So just what is that? Not even two weeks, two, two and a half weeks from the Oscar voting are when the nominees are announced. So February 8th. Will we do a final predictions episode? Probably. There's, frankly, not a lot of great movies coming out to talk about in January anyway. Uh, And it's always kind of fun, especially to just gauge where we're at here. But the Oscar nominees will be announced on February 8th. And then all through February and March, we're going to have a boatload of awards leading up to the Oscars on March 27th. We're going to have the PGA Awards, the Producers Guild Awards on February 26th. The Screen Actors Guild Awards will be on the 28th. The Directors Guild Awards will be on March 12th. The BAFTAs are March 13th. The Writers Guild Awards are March 20th. And then March 27th is the Oscars. Now, are any of those subject to change? Absolutely. 
who knows what's going to happen in the next two months in regards to the pandemic and things of that nature. But as of right now, that's pretty much where we're at. There's only been a couple of postponements right now. Like I think the Critics' Choice Awards postponed and the Grammys, I think, postponed. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at. How do you feel about that lineup? You know, it's it's one of those things where we kind of overanalyze for a while and then kind of when the dust settles, you kind of can pick and choose from each of the categories. It's like, you know, like we said, screen, screen actors, you kind of try to use that a little bit as a guide. Um, but even that hasn't been perfect. Like if you were to just pick the acting winners from screen, screen actors plus producers for best picture plus, you know, directors, you know, it's not always a, a perfect science. Obviously, it gives you probably a good idea of, you know, someone who's at least in the top two or three for that category. But obviously, when we get to our Oscar predictions, we're trying to pick winners. And so a, a one in three chance is is better than a one in five in some categories or a one in ten in when it comes Absolutely. to best picture. But it it, you know, like anything, they are picked differently and they don't have an most of them don't have the nonsensical ballot process that we've beaten up plenty on this podcast that yes. the Oscars do. So yes. there's always that element of like, who knows what's going to happen with the Oscars because of the way the ballots are composed of. It's true. It's very true. Um, who knows what's going to happen, but I am excited for that run of, of nominees and I'm excited for that run of awards and just watching that all play out. It'll be, be really nice over the next couple of months. Um, really quickly, before we get to our nominations or, or our, not our nominations, but our predictions, if you will, I did want to do a quick like who's gaining steam and who's losing momentum right now. Based off who's of hot, what we were not. talking about. Yeah, who's hot, who's not, who's failing, who's falling, and who's rising. Um, and, you know, and again, like, this has been a weird award season in that there are, there are big movies out there that the studios are just, like, refusing to let people see, particularly Warner Brothers, where it's just like, you have King Richard, you have Dune, like, put those back on your streaming service. I don't know what kind of deal you made or whatever, but like, go, go put those on your streaming service, you know, let people watch your movie right now because the, the theaters aren't working. Like they're, they're, it, they're on like 300 screens or something like that. So like, what's the point of that? You know? Uh, and, and like I said, I don't know what the distribution deals are or anything like that, but the weird thing is that, you know, we were talking about Coda and really Coda and power of the dog have such a long sustained momentum right now. And I'm wondering if that'll get broken up eventually, but the power of the dog has by far the most critics wins and awards wins for best picture, which you and I both saw the movie. You and I both recognized it as a great artistic achievement and a wonderfully acted and crafted film, but we both found it to be, slow real almost too slow for a slow burn um and like i said coda's been going fairly strong since sundance but we do have a couple of higher risers obviously the previously mentioned house of gucci three sag nominations including ensembles pretty big uh i think that's really interesting because what that tells me is that 
the actors enjoy the camp. They enjoy the ham a little bit. And I'll be interested to see if that carries over to the Academy. Don't Look Up got a big ensemble nod, nod at the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, you're seeing Licorice Pizza start to gain more critics wins, not only in picture, but also in writing and also uh, for Alana Heim as an uh, actress. And then Drive My Car, which is one that you brought. I think you brought up. Did you bring up the last episode? I just got to say, David, I, I, just before I go into my, how do you feel about Drive My Car? Just its general I, existence. Well, I'll be, I'll be honest. And while I did bring it up in quite a few categories last time, based off of my research, I have not seen it, nor have I read too much on it. But it's one of those that I feel like, you know, we're getting kind of that zig and zag of as far as like including extra movies and, and thinking outside of the box. I feel like in the Oscars, um, you know, for all their faults, we are seeing, you know, some uptick in, you know, opening the door to foreign films being included in Best Picture, which traditionally they never were. They were just kind of in foreign film on their own. And so um, while I'm appreciative of that, I think sometimes there can be an opera, you know, a situation where we go out of our way to, to pick that. And again, I don't know a ton about drive my car. Haven't seen it yet, but everything I've read on it, it, I'm not really seeing what's, what's the thing about it, but you've, you've obviously read a whole lot more on it. What are your thoughts on it? So here's the thing. And I say this understanding that this statement that I'm about to say comes from a place of total ignorance. Okay. And that there are many, many, many dramas that I have watched that I have really, really enjoyed um, that have been impactful and powerful. Not only that, but there have been many, many foreign made films that I've really enjoyed that have been powerful and impactful. But Drive My Car is a three hour drama that follows a director as he <laughs> directs a production of the Russian play Uncle Vanya and grapples with the death of his wife for three hours. And I have I cannot express to you, David, the amount of interest I don't have to watch. That. It is a negative like. It's not zero. It's I have no desire to watch that right now. That's and let, I understand that that's a place of ignorance. Let me read the. Uh, the first. Three sentences or two sentences of the plot for you, and let me see if this. Changes. I don't know. You might give but there might it might be spoilers for I don't do. we want No, to that's spoilers? why I'm only going to I'm only going two sentences. OK, two so sentences. No spoilers. OK, so. I'm not I'm going to butcher these names, but Yusuko Yusuke Yusuke Kafuku is a theater actor married to Oto, a film screenwriter who likes to craft stories during sex. So far, I'm in. They previously <laughs> lost a four year old daughter to pneumonia and Yusuke also witnesses Oto having an affair with a young man. And I'm out. So. So the, here's the thing about the the and you can read the entire plot on Wikipedia, sure, but here's the thing: sure. it's a three-hour film whose whose plot is described in three paragraphs, and that just to me means that there's going to be a lot of stillness. There's going to be a lot of contemplative things. I just don't. I, 
I'm not I, I'm not in the place. It's not for me right now. If you want to go Quick. see Drive My Car, by all means, if you are listening to this right now and you're like, damn, I really want to go see this Japanese road drama film about a director adapting a Russian play and dealing with the death of his wife, like you should absolutely go see it. And I hope you love it because a lot of people have loved it. It's really gained some steam and won some awards. Uh, it run both the L.A. film critics and the New York film critics, which I honestly don't know if that's ever been done before. And tweet us why we're wrong. Let us know. Let us know why why we need to see this movie. But would you rather, Rick, right at this moment, watch Drive My Car or Amore? Drive My Car, because at least I haven't seen it. (laughs) I'll never watch Amore again. I'll (laughs) never watch Amore again. Also, that year Ben Affleck won was the year Amore won, too. So there you Uh, go. Even more uh, bad memories. It's tough. It's tough. So again, those movies are those those movies are, are coming. They're they're gaining some steam. As far as what's fallen down, it's a lot of movies, David. That uh, I'm sad to see fall down. Maybe not so much being the Ricardos because it's not a very good movie, and I feel like as far as picture goes, it might not happen. I think screenplay it'll happen, and I wouldn't be shocked if the two leads got nominations. But no ensemble, and and we'll just have to see how it does in the Guild Awards right now. But it doesn't feel like it's a very, very big contender. Um, the two ones that are a little bummer for me is West Side Story. Like I said, like we previously talked about, didn't do great at the box office, didn't get a lot of Screen Actors Guild nominations, uh, except for Ariana DeBose. And the craziest thing is that for anybody who's seen West Side Story, they're they love it. Like it's, it's incredible. It, I just don't know. I don't know if it has the, the legs and in, in the, the, the power in it to, to really, you know, make a dent in this season. Um, and then I put on the tragedy of Macbeth and I wanted to talk to you about this because this movie came out last week. It's on Apple TV plus right now. And I have seen very few people talking about it. Very, very few people talking about it. It's been received rather lukewarm. I have not heard anything about it. I can never count out the Coens. I can never count out Joel Cohen or Francis McDormand or Denzel Washington. But from everything that I've heard, this movie trends towards, uh, you know, oh, it looks pretty good or, or it looks great. You know, or I, I have not heard a lot of resounding talk behind this. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's good on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it's 93%, which is pretty darn good. It is pretty um, good. It is pretty good. But I agree. But I think, I mean, listen, I think it's a product of the strategy that they took from a release standpoint. Like, I'm not saying it would have been some, like, crazy box office boom. Um, but it, you know, being, because pri- it's only Apple Plus right now, right? It's not theaters. Or is well, it the, the theaters that it was, it was limited, super duper limited in theaters. Super limited. It was only L.A. and New York. Yeah. So, I mean, when you limit the theaters, like you're not going to get a whole lot of buzz. I mean, yes, streaming is more accessible than the theaters, but also. Like the when it, I feel like when something comes out on streaming, there's no real urgency to people don't feel an urgency to go and watch it because. It's like, oh, it's on streaming. I can, I'm going to book that. I'm going to watch that 
at some point coming up here. Right. But when something's out in the theaters, like there's, you know, it's an event, it's planning your day around going and seeing it, things like that. Like you mark it on your calendar. Whereas like, you know, tragedy Beth doesn't scream something that you're going to be like chilling on a Saturday afternoon and being like, I'm going to turn on Tragedy of Macbeth and, nope. and check it out, you know? <laughs> so that's why I think while who knows, I I'm not in charge of a streaming service and I'm sure there's plenty of reason why they would believe it was the right call to primarily just release it on Apple plus at the same time. Like I think that's hurting some of the buzz. And so the thing, the thing that I'll say about that, why I'm not too worried about it just yet, is that it's been long established that no one has to go see your movie for you to do well at the Oscars. A very good point. It's a very, <laughs> which, very which I know point. you love, which I love. Um, so yeah, and it is Spencer. I'm gonna count as down because that SAG Awards snub is pretty big. Even though I don't think Spencer was gonna get a lot of love in in a lot of other outside categories. And then I think the big one, I think the one that we can put a stake in right now, unfortunately, is Nightmare Alley. Uh, Nightmare Alley was hot. When we did our first predictions episode, Nightmare Alley was pretty high on a lot of lists. It had a ton, it has a ton of pedigree. And uh, and Kate Blanchett did get a nomination. But again, for all intents and purposes, that movie is pretty much dead on arrival. So I you're just not seeing it in many places. And I think Bradley Cooper... If he's going to get anything, I think it's going to be supporting actor for Licorice Pizza rather than. Listen, listen, there's a lot of people who still haven't gotten over the fish yet. So. You mean the best, best picture, best director winning the fish? The shade. How, yeah. how much? How about? And, and listen, I say this with all the love in the world. How about you have some damn respect? I, I have respect for it. I'm saying people as in there's a lot of people who were like what how did this win we we gave the movie with the fish scene yeah with the fish with the where the lady has sex with them i think and and you're you're too much of a good boy to say it i'll say it where the lady bangs a fish man (laughs) that we gave that best picture and you know what david glad we did i'm glad we did that I have no problem with it, but I'm saying maybe maybe that's why uh, we're getting a little bit of a zag on uh, Nightmare Alley with Guillermo. Perhaps. Uh, And let's talk about that. Let's talk about our predictions before we talk about our predictions, our revised predictions. We're going to take a very quick little break. What's up, good movie buddies? Before we continue, I want to remind everyone that you can get free episodes of The Popcorn Diet delivered to you just by hitting the subscribe button or following us wherever you're listening from. So take a second, hit the button, give us a rating, write us a review, share us with the other good movie buddies out there. We also want to remind you to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and consider Becoming a patron of this little independent movie podcast filled with love. Not only is it going to help us improve the podcast, keep the podcast going, but it's also going to give you exclusive patron-only access to things like early episodes, franchise refills episodes, and more. So check that out by going to patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet. Of course, 
We don't want you to forget that you can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at The Popcorn Diet. And last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, and more on our website, PopcornDietPodcast.com. Let's get back to it. All right, David, we're back. We got our predictions. We got them adjusted. I think all of us made adjustments. So our there isn't, I don't believe any of us has the exact same list that we had previously, which is good. Thanks for a better I feel, podcast. I feel like you're talking like there's a bunch of us. It's just you and I. It's just you and I. Did, did I? Did I say none of us? None of us in this group of David I and mean, myself. Technically, we are in us. So we are. Yeah, we're in us. Um, yep, yep. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> we are in us. I don't know the, the two of us just to just to make a distinction. Um, but yes, we did make some changes. I stole a little bit from you. Uh, you stole a little bit from me. I think I did more stealing than you did. But let's start with best supporting actress. Who did you have carry over? Who did you add? And who did you remove to add that person? This was one of mine that didn't change a whole lot because I, I had all, pretty much all the answers already. But uh, <laughs> is, that, is that is that what we're calling it? Sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I had Kirsten Dunst for Power of the Dog. Uh, Anjanui. 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 Sorry. I get that one wrong. King Richard. I had uh, Ann Dowd Mass, Ruth Nega passing, and uh, Catriona Balf for Belfast. There you go. And the only one I removed was Ann Dowd for Mass. Not really hearing anything about that anymore. I mean, I don't know that it ever had a ton of momentum. That was one that I was already kind of borderline. And uh, I replaced her with Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, which Smart. obviously we have talked about, got some love in the SAGs and probably should have been on my list in the first place. But there you go. Well, we know how much you like to make me angry with your anti Spielberg rhetoric. <laughs> Your dangerous and damaging anti-Steven Spielberg rhetoric. Um, I think that's fair. I think, I mean, obviously you put on Ariana DeBose, so I'm not going to argue with that. I think that's a smart choice. Um, weirdly enough, and doubt is one that made my new list. So I, I held over Ariana DeBose, Kirsten Dunst, and Anjanou Ellis. Uh, obviously, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, Kirsten Dunst, Power of the Dog, Anjanou Ellis for King Richard. And then I stole two of yours. So I stole... Uh, Ruth Nega for passing. I believe she just got a Screen Actors Guild nomination. Um, so that's pretty telling. And I took Ann Dowd, which even though um, she didn't get a Screen Actors Guild nomination and she hasn't been part of a ton of talk, I used the list of, of um, awards tracking. So I went to Awards Watch. They have a really cool awards tracker page. And she is the fifth winningest actress in the best supporting actress category for all the critics awards and stuff like that. So honestly, that's what I based my vote on is there that you, go. you just add the most, the fifth most votes uh, and the fifth most wins. Um, and I replaced, uh, I put in Ruth Nega and Ann Dowd and I replaced Judy Dench in Belfast um, who, if I'm not mistaken, did not get a SAG award that went to Catriona Balf. And I replaced Rita Moreno in West Side Story. Uh, I really thought that there was a chance there, but I don't. That's just no, nah, it's not going to happen. So 
So good. our difference on that one would be I've got Katriana Val for Belfast and you've got and Dowd for Mass then. And Dowd. Yep, exactly. Those that's our big change. Otherwise, we're pretty much the same. Locked in on that yep. one. Uh, as far as best supporting actor goes, I held over three actors. I kept Cody Smith McPhee for The Power of the Dog, who currently seems to be the front runner. He's been cleaning up in the supporting actor um, field across all the different awards and critics awards and stuff like that. I kept Bradley Cooper for Licorice Pizza, and I kept I, I'm not sure if you pronounce it Syrian Hines or, or Kieran Hines. I'm not sure how you pronounce his first name. I've always thought it was Syrian Hines for Belfast. I got rid of Jamie Dornan for Belfast, unfortunately. R.I.P. Jamie Dornan. Uh, not R.I.P., but you get it. And uh, Mike Faced for West Side Story, who I thought was like a shoo-in. He's so good as Riff, but just not much has been happening there. Not not only not in SAG, but also not in a... He's got one critics win. You know, it's just it hasn't been there for him. So I knocked them out and I replaced them with uh, Tony Katsur. I think is how you pronounce it. Tony Katsur uh, Mm -hmm. for Coda. He's been pretty consistent across the board. I think he's going to be a lot like. um, What was his name last year? Film Rocky. Phil was it Phil Rocky or Paul Rocky in Sound of Metal. I just have a feeling it's a similar vibe there. Uh, and then I put, I said, screw it. You know, I want to fly like a pigeon and not and said Jared Leto is going to get in there for House Gucci uh, because because chaos reigns, I suppose. There you go. Uh, who do you have for best supporting actor? This one, I think, was the one I made the most changes to other than maybe uh, best picture, but we'll get there. Um, I have Cody Smith. McPhee, Power of the Dogs. I, I looked up pronunciation and okay. I think it's Kieran. Kieran. Kieran Hines. I don't know. It's in the pronunciation, it's K-E-E-U-H, then R-U-H-N. So damn Irish. Anyways, <laughs> Mr. Hines for Belfast. And I removed JK Simmons for being Ricardo's Richard Jenkins, the humans and Corey Hawkins for the tragedy of Macbeth. This was the category that when we first did it, I kind of took the biggest swings with some people that, you know, would have liked to seen in there, but took those three out, replaced them with Bradley Cooper, licorice pizza. So stole that one from you. I also added Troy Kotzer from Coda. And then I went with your boy, Ben Affleck for the tender bar surprised you didn't add him in there I would love to see it I would love to see it I'd love to see it sign me the F up listen Um, if if there's someone that I believe would make the the party rounds and do the politicking for for the nomination I feel like it's so fun I feel like our guy Ben Affleck would would do phenomenal at that so I feel like I haven't seen the tender bar, but it's he's getting some some good love for it. He is. And I feel like. You know, we we may see the Phoenix rise again. (laughs) You son of a bitch. How dare you? (laughs) 
I hope we do. I hope we do. Uh, this is the House of Affleck here, and I support his victories in any way, shape, and form. Uh, why don't you too. why don't you take that snark and uh, tell me who you listed for best actress there, buddy? All right. Best actress. I've got Kristen Stewart. So despite the 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 sag upset, I kept her in there. I think again, I think. It's going to be more a question of whether she gets nominated, but I, I still think she's got the momentum probably to win. But that'll be an interesting one that could maybe sway some Oscar pools if she does get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's possible. That seemed like it was kind of a defined front runner, but um, I kept Nicole Kidman. I kept Olivia Coleman. I kept Jessica Chastain. And the only one I switched, I got rid of Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Okay. Another one that I don't know that it ever had huge momentum, but it was one of those that I picked out that might get some momentum. And I feel like while I'm not as in tune to all the award circuits, I just haven't heard as much about it. It's not popping up really anymore. Like it was maybe a couple months ago as a dark horse in there. So I replaced it with, uh, with Lady Gaga for house of Gucci coming off the, uh, success of the SAG awards for that. That's, you know, that's the thing about parallel mothers is this, this, I don't know what to, Again, I don't know what's happening with these studios and their movies. And I get Parallel Mothers, a foreign film. So it's not like it was going to get like this gigantic release anyways or whatever. But like Netflix, we talked about this last time. Like Netflix has distribution rights for the Latin American region, aiming for an early 22 release. Theatrical openings were not ruled out. It says nothing about American distribution. Uh, apparently, apparently it will be released at the end of January in United Kingdom. It said it was scheduled to be released on December 24th, 2021. But like, I don't like who's seen parallel mothers, you know? So where's the momentum coming from? Yeah. It's annoying. Regardless, uh, a similar list, a couple of big differences though. I also had Kristen Stewart for Spencer. Uh, she's a holdover. Uh, Alana Heim, Elena, Alanya Heim. I'm sure like good friend of the podcast, Leah Theodosis may be able to correct me on that. She's more in tune to uh, popular music than I am. And she is one of she's from Heim. She's one of the Heim sisters. Regardless, I have her uh, carried over for Licorice Pizza. Lady Gaga, I have carried over for House Gucci. And Olivia Coleman, I have carried over for The Lost Daughter. So I only changed one. And again, this is really just based on the, the SAG Awards because Rachel Zegler's, you know, gotten a decent amount of, and when I say a decent amount of attention, she's only won one Critics Award, but she's got a decent amount of attention in a lot of other like awards bodies and stuff like that. Doesn't seem to be happening for her again, yeah. for whatever reason. And so I replaced her with the good old Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos, which I don't feel great about, but after the SAG nomination and seeing some of the awards that she's getting, which frankly is not, I honestly don't know if she's gotten any critics awards, which makes sense because was not a great critically reviewed film. Um, But boy, do actors love watching actors play old actors. I don't know what it is, but they sure do love that. 
Uh, let's go to best actor. Let's talk about best actor here. Again, some of these are pretty locked in. I like the top two. You can take it to the bank. Benedict Cumberbatch and Will Smith. Benedict for the power of the dog and Will Smith for King Richard. Cumberbatch has vastly out won Will Smith in critics awards, but I have a feeling Will Smith is still going to take this to the bank. I don't, I like if the Academy doesn't give Will Smith an Oscar, then it deserves to die. I believe it deserves to just like, you know, lose continued viewership, but I have those two locked in. I think Andrew Garfield's going to get in. I think uh, it's fair to say that we can lock him in for tick, tick, boom. And then I had Peter Dinklage for Cyrano and I had Leonardo DiCaprio for don't look up. They are bounced. I bounced Dinklage because that movie got bounced. That movie got delayed till I think end of February. I I don't know exactly when the date is, but they delayed it. And so that sure is going to delay any conversation about him for best actor, even though he does his own singing and that's always great. And then DiCaprio for don't look up. I just, it's starting to seem like don't look up is just going to be more of a, picture and kind of writing you know favorite for those for for that film and i replaced them with a couple of classics javier bardem for being the ricardos because of that sag nomination and denzel washington for tragedy and macbeth even though i i do believe tragedy and macbeth is kind of on the downswing or could be on the downswing it's denzel man and it's denzel doing shakespeare downswing rick he's never on the downswing and he's doing shakespeare Playing Macbeth, which is just like it means we get to watch Denzel lose his mind for two hours. So sign me up, I guess, you know, so that's my five for actor. Who do you got? This one stayed relatively uh, unchanged for me. I kept Will Smith, Benedict Cumberbatch. I got Denzel still in there. He was already in there for me. I kept Dinklage in there. You know, I, I, I believe despite the, the setbacks, He'll be there when all things are uh, are said and done. Hey, man, I admire your confidence. I believe in Tyrion. You know, he's <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He drinks so. and he knows things. Yep, he drinks and he knows things. So indeed. And then I added in Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. You already had him. Yep. Um, but I think like you had mentioned, he's he's gotten some good momentum. Um, feels like he's moved into a borderline lock for this category, which I think is well worth it. I think, I don't think you've pulled the trigger just yet on watching it, but no, that's but a movie I that I've since viewing has kind of stuck with me. And, and I feel kind of like I want to go back to it because I, I enjoyed that movie uh, more there than I go. thought I would. So, uh, but go. the one that dropped out for me was Hidetoshi Nishijima for drive my car. That's a good pronunciation. I don't know if it was accurate, but it sounded strong. I, you know, I just said I do it with confidence, and and uh, if I got it wrong, my apologies. We're trying our best, and that's all anybody can ask for, right? It's true. You, I'm. So you're going to give your director nominees right now, and I'm just. I feel like it would be a better podcast if I reacted emotionally. Uh, but I'm going to just let you do your thing right now and, and I'll decide how I want to react when you're done. So who are your nominees for best director or who are your predictions? So this was another one. I made some big, big, big sweeping changes. Um, Dumb. Although there's two that I think are, are basically locked in um, kind of like we talked about in the acting category. Mm. I think uh, Jane champion or campion 
for the power of the dog and Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. To me, this is turning into what feels like a two horse race for who's going to win. They seem to be, at least from all the observations I've had, the two that are kind of cleaning up right now. And obviously some of the supporting categories are, are doing well as, as well. So I think, uh, all those things are, are spelling some positive things for them. I added, or I removed, uh, Pedro Almodovar, Almodovar for parallel mothers for the same reason we, uh, we spoke earlier and I removed Joel Cohen for the tragedy of Macbeth for also like we spoke earlier. It's one that um, well, I haven't eliminated it from all my categories. Like I think I've believe in it for, for, uh, Denzel. And, and I think maybe there's a couple others there. I think, uh, director is such a competitive one this year that I think, uh, the lack of momentum is going to hurt him. So I replaced those, uh, those two, as well as your boy, Stevie Spielberg's, um, I, I knocked him out You're on the news fool. of, uh, the SAG awards. Again, I think this is a really, really competitive category and I just don't like the way that a uh, West side story is trending. So you fool, I, re- I replaced him with a, a staple to this category, Mr. Paul Thomas Anderson for licorice pizza, which seems to be trending upwards right now. I mean, it was already up, but it seems to be, he seems to be uh, getting a good amount of momentum for that movie in general. And uh, so I'm I'm moving them into this category. I also added in Dennis Villeneuve for Dune. And that had to do a lot with like I keep waiting for Dune to kind of go away and like in these categories um, just it. because of how long ago it came out. But nope. it's had that sustained power. And so I think it was time for me to give it the due respect and give him the nod there um, because of you know, what a big production that was and, and everything that went into that, that was, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I think oppressive feats in that movie, um, regardless of where you stand on the movie, I think Damn right. uh, he, he did a lot with it. So the, the spice and, must flow. Yep. And then <laughs> the, uh, the last one I went, and this was really a reaction to SAGs. Um, but I added in, is it science seeing, I think it's Sean, but I could Sean, be wrong. There you go. You know, these people who spell their names funny. There's there's a perfectly fine way to spell Sean. It's <laughs> There's actually two perfectly fine ways to spell Sean, and this is neither of them. It's S-I-A-N, I could be wrong. So. I could be wrong with the pronunciation and and all of this for not. But regardless, Mr. Hater for Coda, I I rewarded him based off of uh, some of the some of the good momentum they've had. That's uh that's my list of five. I think uh, I think you're an idiot for <laughs> removing <laughs> Steven Spielberg. I think here's the thing, though. I like your nominees. I almost put Paul Thomas Anderson in. Um, and I think I think he's going to get in. It feels like there's six or seven nominees who really deserve to be in Best Director and somebody's going to miss out. So who, who knows really who it could be personally. And I don't know if this is my bias showing here, but Steven Spielberg directed the shit out of West side story. And I cannot imagine him not getting a nomination. Um, 
but crazier things have happened. Here's, I, here's what I'm here's what I'm holding against him that. Well, I'm not holding against him, but I'm <laughs> worried will potentially be the tie break for him is. Is the whole, you know, we remade an, a classic type of thing. And again, I think there's we've talked about it before. I don't think that's a valid reason, but like like you said, I think there's six or seven that deserve to be nominated. And when you start splitting those hairs and you have to start, you know, eliminating something, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Um, that was, that I, was my upset pick. And also see if I can trigger Rick's pick. Well, mission accomplished. Uh, and had, had, had we not already been going for as long as we have been, I could go longer. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to just keep it there. I think you're a fool. I think that there are, I actually think that there are four locks. And the fifth one is is up for grabs, in my opinion. I, I could be totally wrong, but I think I think Jane Campion's gonna win this award. She is absolutely dominating in every field, and nobody's even touched her. Brown is, I think you as you said, a close second for Belfast. Spielberg, I think, is a lock. Like I if 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 I just think it's a lock. I just I'm, I think he's a lock. Uh Denny Villeneuve for dune and neither of us can pronounce denny's name right so shouts out to my guy <laughs> sorry but again the craftsmanship behind dune creating that world is just incredible um and i put in uh ryusuke uh hamaguchi for drive my car because if there's one thing i know about the academy and the best directors they do love to nominate their foreign film directors so that's kind of why i picked him to replace uh Sean he- uh, Heater or Header for Coda, although that could happen. Like I said, Paul Thomas Anderson could happen. Almodovar could still happen. Maggie Gyllenhaal for The Lost Daughter could happen. There's a lot of possibilities there. All right, let's wrap this bad boy up with our best picture nominees. I carried over eight nominees from my previous list and got rid of two, switched out two. My eight, I feel pretty confident about these eight. Are The Power of the Dog, Belfast, West Side Story, Dune, Licorice Pizza, King Richard, Coda, and Don't Look Up. I think that's pretty solid. Like, I I would put money on those eight. And then the last two are a toss-up. I got rid of The Tragedy of Macbeth, and I got rid of Nightmare Alley, and I replaced them with Drive My Car and House of Gucci, which might actually be the two least likely ones to fit in but i cannot deny that uh that acting you know the screen actors guild um showing can't deny it and then like i said drive my car has gotten actually the second most critics awards for best picture behind power of the dog which has been cleaning up so i felt like it it could probably fit on there as well so that's my 10 all right well i feel I feel really good about six. I'm not quite to the to the eight that you are as far as being locked in, but I think Power of the Dog, Belfast, uh, West Side Story, Dune, Licorice Pizza, and King Richard are are pretty locked in. I would say in that order too. I, I think you know if you had to pick one of those that you thought would be the shakiest, I'd probably go King Richard. Would be the the most shakiest of those six but again i think those are pretty much all locked 
um, which I had previously. I also had Tragedy Macbeth still. Uh, you I don't did. Call, I don't call that one a lock, and and uh, I am keeping it on there. So I'm I'm believing in Denzel and the Coen brothers. Okay, to, all right, I respect to, it. To get into the top ten, uh, the ones that I knocked out were Nightmare Alley, Parallel Mothers, which I gave a lot of love to last time, and then Cyrano, which I had to knock out, even though I could see it making its back, way back in here. Uh, I can't go beyond Dinklage for uh, a movie that got significantly delayed and is going to be you know probably only seen on screeners when it comes to voting at that point will have only been seen by people on screeners so right i don't know how that will impact it's the oscars so could mean nothing it could could maybe help it because maybe they're going to be like this is a great movie no one's seen it i'm going to do it because no one's seen it I and it's know. fresh oscars are weird yeah they are weird <laughs> so the last three so the three that i replaced it with coda for all the reasons we've talked about already don't look up i do think it's going to be one of those movies that kind of fits into like it's going to have a niche that gets it into here for whatever reason um not that i'm sure. saying it doesn't deserve it i just don't think it's going to be something that's you know we usually think of the movies that are in best picture are movies that picked up a series of nominations like they're right. nominated in quite a few other categories a lot of times and when we expanded it to 10 that obviously doesn't necessarily have to be the case anymore not that it ever had to be the case but it seemed to be the case and you know like you said i think maybe you get a screenplay nomination and a nomination for for picture um, but it doesn't really show up in many of the other categories but i do think right. it is it is getting close to a lock for whatever reason um i'm feeling like it's moving towards there i know you already have it as a lock and then my last one it's a surprise let's one let's go left field i love so it i'm going with no no time to die and you won me back funny enough i don't know why i'm feeling this way i i did find a couple of prediction sites that had it on kind of in the on the bubble area of like sure. in their like nine to 12 range. And that was good enough reason for me to put no time <laughs> to die. I would love even while even though I don't even think it's the best of we've talked about this on the podcast for no time to die. I don't even think it's the best of the Daniel Craig ones. If it got nominated, I would be thrilled. So, yeah, I I'm, I'm taking one for myself and I'm giving it to no time to die. Because the Academy was too stupid and too stuffy to nominate Skyfall. And like, come on, guys, loosen up. I would love if don't look if uh, no time to die got nominated. Like, give us some big stars. Give us big movies. You know, it's I'm, I don't know, whatever. Uh, They're so resistant to the franchise, big studio franchise thing now. All that being said, like Dune is going to get nominated. So credit where credit's due. But Dune was such a sheer force of creative will in creating this massive sci-fi epic universe to look like nothing we'd ever seen before. And that, you, that just can't be denied. You know, you just can't deny that. Uh, I just wish it, I just wish people would, you know, don't uh whether it be no time to die whether it be spider-man no way home 
you know, these big movies that are not only crowd pleasers, but critically revered and well-received and just crushing the box office where everybody loves this movie. Everybody loves this movie. Critics love this movie. Box office loves this movie. People loves this movie. Academy. Eh. And I'm, and I'm not saying populist necessarily means great. It doesn't, you know, I would not have wanted the Academy to operate that way back when transformers revenge of the fallen was the highest grossing movie of the year. But who knows? We'll see. We got, we got, a, we got less than a month to see what the Academy is going to do. How do you feel about your predictions? I feel pretty good. Um, I think there's, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm think I'm 90% correct right now. That's where I'm going with. <laughs> I think, I think we're uh, maybe, maybe uh, I think a couple of categories I'm locked into a couple that I'm yeah, on the fringe with maybe one, but uh, I'm feeling pretty good. And that means when the nominations come out, what, in about a month? Yeah, uh, less than a month. Less than a month. I will be completely wrong. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. We'll be lucky to hit 50%. Well, keep listening to our Oscar updates. If you are in an Oscar pool out there, you are listening to the two guys who absolutely crush it in their Oscar pool and their Oscar competition every year. So if you're looking for any advice, this is the place to be. Before we wrap up, I want to remind you all again that you can get free episodes of the Popcorn Diet sent to you just by hitting subscribe or hitting that follow button. Take a second, hit the button, give us a rating, write us a review, share us with your other good movie buddies. Don't forget to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash popcorn diet and consider becoming a patron of an independent film podcast at a time when film desperately needs our support. If, if you like what we do, throw us a buck. That's patreon.com slash the popcorn diet. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at the popcorn diet. And last, but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson. And we'll see you next time with another good movie on the popcorn diet. Adios.